Hey guys, we'll get right into this solo podcast. I just wanted to let you know we're going to be at the expo and uh, Wednesday we're going to do a kickoff party. It's at six o'clock. We're going to do a live question and answer, uh, do some videos. Should be a good time. So if you're around the expo Wednesday night, six o'clock, I believe it'll be at the Salt Lake Palace in there somewhere. Uh, come see us. All right, here we go. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So going to sit down here, uh, record a podcast, record a solo. So it's been a while. Uh, check in with you guys, let you guys know what I'm up to. Just want to thank a couple of my sponsors before I get started. I want to thank Stone Glacier. Uh, I really like these guys at Stone Glacier. These guys are producing just great gear. So uh, I'm using their sleep systems, uh, their sleeping bags. Uh, they're just unparalleled. Like they go right down to the temp rating. So instead of a 15 degree bag being really a 30 degree bag being comfortable, their 15 degree bag I keep comfortable all the way down to 15 degrees and, and below that. Uh, I can pile on some clothes and some extra layers and I can make it in even colder conditions about 10 degrees or 15 degrees below their rating. So uh, they just have awesome bags, uh, 15 degree, which I'm using most of the time. They also have a zero degree and then they also uh, have a quilt. So the quilt is set up to be able to sleep. It's super lightweight. Now the quilt it has a temp rating of 30 degrees. So uh, I gotta be careful with this one that you don't take it out while it's too cold. So this for me is gonna be an early season high country mule deer bag uh, for scouting and hunting in uh, June, July, and August. Once it gets to be September, I think it's gonna be, get too chilly in that and then I'll, I'll opt to bring my 15 degree. Also, their tents are absolutely next level. Like they have the Sky Air Ultra, which was designed for me. It's a bivy tent, it's a modular system, uh, comes in just super lightweight and then you can add to it. So uh, my go-to setup is to have the tent, they have an inner bug out layer that has a floor in it, and then it's got the um, uh, uh, mosquito netting that goes all the way to the top of the tent so you don't get any mosquitoes in there or uh, creepy crawlies or anything like that. I, it seems like every time I sleep in the dirt, uh, well, a lot of times I will, I'll lay down and then I'll see a huge spider in the dirt, you know, when I'm sleeping right in the dirt. So it's so nice to be protected in there where you don't have the creepy crawlies, or I've had mice before that are really bad. Uh, but it, it just makes sure that I have a bomb-proof shelter. I've also have the vestibule where I can store my gear. Uh, this this is a mountaineering company. They just build great gear. So I'm so impressed by it. They now have a new one-man tent. I've used the two-person model, which is just bomb-proof that I use uh, uh, all the time. It's a four-season tent, so their one person is a four-season tent. So you can pretty much survive anything in that. comes in at just over three pounds, which is a great option. Uh, it's just a, a little bit more bomb-proof than, than, say, their bivy tent. Also adds a little bit more weight, but... You know, a lot of these tents are personal preference as well, but if you're in the market for any new gear, make sure to go check out Stone Glacier. They're doing amazing things. I also want to thank Forever Barnwood. Uh, these guys are awesome. So I just went through this experience with my house. I mean, this is a veteran-owned company. They're all hunters, and they came up with this process of making new pine look old. So they can match lots so you don't get, you know, barn board is tough to work with. Like, True barn board that's um, 50 years old, 100 years old, is always twisted with holes in it, cracked. Um, the Forever Barn Board product is amazing. Like it is new wood that's straight and true. 
they just have their process dialed all along the way. Like the quality is so high with this stuff. So uh, uh, I used it in my house. I used the doors. I used the base trim, the case trim. Use their box beams, which I'm using in a couple other projects. Uh, we're just uh, just creates this amazing beam look. Uh, in main livings or great rooms, things of that nature. They have a bunch of other products, like you can build cabinets, they have flooring that's amazing, and a really good price point. It just makes for a one-of-a-kind Western home. Uh, I use their doors in my place. Uh, you know, the, the price point was actually more inexpensive than, than Alder. Uh, just a, a great quality door that's true, that hung right, just great guys in there. They have shipping all throughout the United States, so they'll get you the, the the stuff that you ordered. And really, the lead time wasn't bad at all. It was like three, four weeks on this stuff. Uh, so I'll use this company a bunch more. I'm just a huge fan of their products. Uh, absolutely one-of-a-kind Western look. So if you're building a house, thinking about building a house, check them out. Check out their website. Uh, great guys, great product at Forever Barnwood. I also want to thank Black Ovis. Black Ovis is an internet retail shop uh, that has absolutely everything you need for your hunts. Uh, these guys are hunters as well, so super knowledgeable staff. Uh, you're welcome to call these guys and get advice on gear. Uh, they can lead you in the right direction for the hunt that you're going on. Uh, they carry all the top name brands. Uh, they have um, a bunch of the brands that, that we have here on the show as sponsors, you know, the, the Cryptek, Zamberlin, um, all the top brands. So you can really compare and contrast what you want to get for your next hunt. Uh, they also have their own name brand, which is super high quality. I've been really impressed, like looking at their sleeping bags. I always miss, uh, mention my buddy Dylan, his puffy pants. Uh, but yeah, they just have um, great gear in there, a great name brand. Guys work really hard. Uh, to get things out the door to us hunters that are going to operate correctly. Uh, they, you can also save 10% in there by putting in the promo code Eastman's 10 and, and a bunch of cool features on there. You can check out their, uh, they have an arrow ID, they have a, a point system where one point equals one dollar. Uh, so you get that on purchases that you can use for future purchases. Uh, just a, a great company and we really appreciate their support. So if you're in the market for anything, upgrading any of your gear this year, make sure to go check them out over at Black Ovis. I also want to thank Camo Fire. Uh, Camo Fire is um, one of the most addictive app, apps out there. Uh, it just has great hunting deals. So they have 80 new hunting deals every 24 hours. And if you download the app and you watch it, you'll find some great deals that come up. Uh, I know my buddies use this quite a bit and uh, able to pick up some top-notch gear at a huge discount. So uh, you can check that out at Camo Fire. With that at Eastman's, um, looking forward to going to this uh, expo. I have my dates right now. Uh, originally, I thought it was in January. I think I looked up the ATA dates or something like that. So uh, anyways, I know the dates of the expo now, so uh, I will be leaving next week. I'm going to go do a workout with... Um, uh, Mountain Tough, do that on Monday and then shoot down there Tuesday and I'll be down the entire week. I know we've got some good podcasts lined up, uh, but come say hi and um, BS, I'll be uh, around the Eastman's booth and around the expo there. Definitely putting in for my expo tags. Gosh, I've got to write that down my list today. So I'll uh, apply for those and then, um, yeah, uh, you know, no big deal. Just draw a sheep tag or a really good mule deer tag and be on my way. But uh, yeah, stop, stop in and say hi. I'd love to chat. 
Um, I, I always like to meet um, you guys, <laughs> the community, you know, the, the faces behind the podcast that are listening in. So uh, really appreciate the support. Come check us out at the expo. Check out everything we're doing with our Mule Deer School. Um, you can check us out at Tag Hub. Right now it's tag application season. I know I'm watching that closely for deadlines and things and uh, beginning to put in across the country. And um, we'll get into that in the podcast today a bit. And um, also check out uh, Beyond the Grid and, um, yeah, everything we're doing, the magazines. I've got an article sitting here that I have to write about off-season. Um, so i got to get going on that thing. should put that on my list as well. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll keep cruising here. So let's get into this podcast. Uh, I'm in my new house. Um, it does... It does feel amazing uh, just trying to recover from um, steady work. Like, these things are so much work. They're just uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of man hours. And I did do this one a bit different where I had help from my crew, which was really nice. Uh, but still, you know, it comes down to uh, me and getting this thing done. And, and in the end, I made this, this giant push. Like, I could start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I was going to do this one different, or I had plans to do this one different where... Uh, you know, I wasn't going to drop anything, everything. I was going to, uh, have a good hunting season. I was going to, uh, keep working on the house, take weekends off, uh, not lose my mind, not, not work evenings, like just work a, a regular work schedule and it gets done when it gets done. But all of a sudden I can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I can start to see this thing getting completed and getting finished. And I'm in, you know, a rental paying a super high rent. And, um, you know, my family's moved in there. It's just chaos. I'm living out of boxes and uh, never really unpacked because it's not my home, you know. And so, uh, you know, it's just um, I get to this point and it's just um, I have to put everything into this house. It's just the only way I know how to do it. You know, it's just complete focus. Let's get this thing done. Let's really concentrate on it. And, you know, along with working on my house, you know, I also have to work barning construction and make sure our jobs are progressing there, but, um, really went all in, you know, 12 hour days, 14 hour days, whatever it takes, however much I can work. Like I just had to be efficient. And so I, I started boiling down and really it was beautiful. It was like, um, uh, the only thing that mattered was getting this house done was my, um, carpentry day in day out being efficient just showing up and getting things done and then um as far as my time uh just boiled it down where it's just like man i had a half an hour in the morning where i sat and had my coffee and may sit down a half an hour at night and have some dinner and hang out with the fam um a little bit before i pass out or fall asleep on the couch at about you know 8 30 9 o'clock and um started all over again at five in the morning so it was it was a beautiful push in the end and um you know, and it's, it's like a dream to be able to build my dream house in this market and economy, uh, is a dream to, to take each facet of this house. Like, you know, whether that's tile work or hardwood floors or whether that's countertops and just to do the best job I can do. And it boils down, uh, to not only, you know, choosing the right materials, but also the craftsmanship that goes into it. And, um, you know, over 25 years, it became a really good, carpenter and a really good finished carpenter and so it was like really putting my all into it and then just not accepting anything but um uh perfection or you know it doesn't have to it, it's not a perfect world even in a new house it's not a perfect world there's things that you have to navigate and um 
negotiate in in constructions like life it's just problem solving you know there's two three four problems a day you know that come up but just um always doing the right thing like seeing something and going no i can't i can't leave that that'll bug me or you know whatever the case is you know i had to you know pull a couple tiles out which pretty much ripped the dirt rock out you know just tiles that uh, you know, had a uh, imperfection on the side or busted corner, whatever the case is, but just not leaving that, trying to do the absolute best job I can. So, uh, man, it's beautiful. Like, um, you know, I definitely slacked on my communication and things. It just boiled down to what was really important and uh, had great family support. And um, so, man, I just put my head down and just went to work. And uh, my life got a little out of balance, which is... Um, which is, uh, you know, it, it doesn't make for a healthy mindset when I get that far out of balance, when I'm just working all the time, uh, all of a sudden I'm not shooting my bow, all of a sudden I'm not running, all of a sudden it's like uh, none of that stuff matters, it's just getting this place done, and, and um, which is fine, I think, um, you know, at times we, we need to push ourselves, and push ourselves for a better life, and better for us, and better for our family, and it takes major moves, and it takes this dedication and commitment and you know I think we're all there like um, you know you just want to build a happy life for yourself but you also have to put yourself out there and you have to to work hard at it and in jobs you know for me this house um, represents represents um, you know kind of my construction life or like a, a my lifelong commitment to building and Barney construction and things and so um, you know, getting it done is a huge move for me, uh, you know, both for my family and enjoyment and having this great house to live out, but also financially. So um, it was such a good move. I'm glad I put myself out there. I'm glad I'm in here, but I do get out of balance and I find myself, you know, battling uh, depression or battling, you know, I know I battled it with the last house and, you know, now I'm seeing touches of it with this house, but it's just getting myself back to a healthy state. It's um, finding that balance in my life, like uh, really making sure that I'm spending quality time with my family, doing quality things. You know, Katie's playing basketball right now, uh, a freshman in high school, and um, she just absolutely loves it and it's going so hard. So helping her support her in, in that aspect and with her training and um, uh, just spending more time with um, family, just trying to find that balance again. Um, and when I work for 60 days straight or more and, um, I, you know, I... I took Christmas morning off and then I started feeling guilty and had to go to work at about 10 in the morning and then came back for dinner. But I, uh, I, I just, I, I had to get this thing done and I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so that was just my primary focus of just getting this thing done. And, and I do like I'm in it now and, um, what an enjoyable house. Like I built my absolute dream house, 20 yard range. And I will, you know, uh, guys want to see some pictures of some video. It's kind of a shit show right now. You don't want to see it. My garage is a mess. It's kind of my next mission is, um, I do have to finish up some siding outside, which I'll be working on here the next couple days to wrap that up. And then the garage, just organization, just building, um, shelves with cubbies for bins and high storage and just places for everything, benches. And so, uh, I haven't started with the garage. It was just get this house done, get my family moved in. We're now totally out of the rental, which is amazing. We're in this place. I do have a 20 yard range I'm shooting, but it's like standing by the freezer, shooting by the treadmill, shooting by my 
pile of horns, you know, into a target. It's like, it's not very pretty right now, but I am back to shooting every day. Uh, and it's going to make me a way better backcountry hunter, like having this indoor range in the wintertime and throughout the year, like indoor really fo- uh, forces me to focus on, um, you know, my execution. Uh, it, it forces me to focus uh, on my technique, uh, on just all the little things and on improving my shooting and that shooting like a Vegas round, uh, it, it, that paper is so truthful. Like it just tells you how you're shooting and then, you know, trying to adjust and just focus on the little things like a, like a perfect sight picture instead of just like holding my pin up there and going, Oh, it's close enough. And just kind of fighting it around where I want it. It's just like perfect sight picture right in the middle. Now execute, pull, 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 brick, you know, and like, um, you know, also being to let, uh, being able to let down, like knowing the shot isn't right or my, my shot sequence goes long and being able to let down and start over. Cause if not, it's like a, you know, a 50, 50 chance, whether it's going to be an X or not, you know, it, it might squirt out because my aiming starts to deteriorate. So, you know, just these little things, but it's been really fun to work on that. So indoor range, beautiful, great room, able to hang up a few of my mounts in there. I'll keep working away on the, on the decor, the decoration of the house or whatever. But, um, yeah, just this, this great room, archery range, uh, in this office right now, this is, um, the first recording I've done in here. So, uh, got all my stuff set up in here. This will serve as my office recording room. So, uh, got a nice couch in here with a, uh, coffee table where I can sit across the table and do, um, live interviews. It's separated from the house. So I won't, you know, like this morning, early AM, I'm not going to wake anybody up can do these recordings. So got this nice space out here, uh, bathroom out here for whoever stays or, uh, for me when I'm doing office work. So, uh, have that, have the range, um, amazing, great room, just beautiful finishes, great view where I'm staring at the mountains that I've hunted for the last 20 years. And, um, got my family, their new rooms, my girls, their new rooms. They have a nice bathroom, still waiting for shower glass doors. They should be here in a week or two, but, um, yeah, they, uh, it's, uh, it's an amazing space, but I do know that, um, now it's finding that balance in my life. So, uh, been on the trails like crazy, which I just love the, the trail running and, and, um, also doing, uh, uh, my weight training, keeping my strength in my upper body and just trying to get back to this healthy mindset of, uh, balance with my family and work and my passion of bow hunting and, and the podcast, you know, there's, there's guilt too, when I'm working so much on the house, you know, about getting recordings, making sure I have a good recording every week to give you guys and making sure I get in the right headspace when I'm talking to guys about hunting and, and tactics and techniques. I mean, it is absolutely the love of my life and thank God I have it in my life. Like I just, um, to have this passion, uh, this thing that I love wholeheartedly that I'm able to work at day in, day out. Uh, it's just, a just amazing. And so, you know, there's times in our life where we have to work hard. There's seasons in our life and we have to work hard to further, uh, you know, ourselves and our family. And so I knew this, this year was going to be a big year. I took a lot of construction projects, a lot of homes, um, almost too many. And then, um, you know, doing a personal house on top and, and I did good hunting season at, at, um, being able to enjoy my time in the woods and kind of separate myself from the stress and then, um, go hunt and go enjoy myself. But I'd be lying if I didn't say that there wasn't some carryover stress or phone calls I had to make. And so, um, 
yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make some changes. Like we all need to work and make money to survive. And you know, for some guys, work and money is their passion. You know, which you know it's a form of it, I guess. You know, like um, you know, construction is a a form of passion for me. Like I do take a lot of passion in in building, creating things. You know, I really like the work. Uh, sometimes the the client. Um, you know, the, the builder client relationship can be tough and I have great clients and, you know, a lot of the pressure is self-imposed, but they're spending more money than they've ever spent on an investment. It's the most important thing they're going to do is to build a house. So, you know, I have to do what I say I'm going to do and come through. Like I can't be gone from their house for a month with nothing getting done. And so I've got to keep these projects progressing, but you know, the manpower over here in Ennis, Montana is really difficult. Like, I mean, I had as many as six, seven carpenters that were working for me this summer, all great guys that I really appreciate. And, um, I just lost two of my, my good young go-getter carpenters that, uh, man, I mean, have them all trained up, great guys, pay them well, get them time off for hunting season, really make sure they have an enjoyable life. But, you know, people just are, you know, they have to look out for themselves and their own well-being and, um, so they have to make a change. You know, one of them is going to go to college for project management. Uh, the other one uh, is moving back close to his family and girlfriend and things and going to find a job there. So, you know, it's just people move on. But, um, you know, it's tough. You take this work and then if I don't have the manpower, it comes down to, you know, to me getting it done. Um, so uh, I'm definitely making some major changes in my life. Um, you know, work is a... a some people, it's their passion, and um, it is a form of passion. Like, all of us want to be good at our jobs, and we want to make good money and provide a good life for our family. Um, so jobs, like, you either do what you love to do, which isn't very many people. Like, um, it doesn't seem, you know, if I was young, like, that's the advice I give my girls is figure out what you really love in life or what you really like in life and then chase that and have that be what you do. But the reality is, is, is the majority of us, you know, we don't get to hunt for a living, which is what we truly love. Like we, uh, we have to go to work and work can also be a means to do what you enjoy to do. Like you can use bow hunting as your passion and, and then use work as this means to, to be able to get more time bow hunting, to structure it. So you get time to do what you enjoy to do, to make this better life for your family. And we all have to work and provide. We're all the, the fathers, the, the men in our family. And uh, for the majority of us, that means providing this life for our family. And so, uh, yeah, I've just worked really hard. It's 25 years of construction. And um, really, I, um, I've finished the jobs I've got going, um, finished my responsibilities and things. And, um, yeah, I'd like to kind of pass it off and hand it off to um, my partner, my dad, and um, have him run a small crew and... Um, you know, generate a good living from that. And just, we won't have to take so much work. Like uh, dad and I have been partners over the years. Uh, but we've just, we've scaled this business and grown it to a place. And with the employees, you just got to have house after house and job after job. And when you have so many things going, it just makes for, for a lot of stress. And so, you know, I enjoy building, we'll continue to build, but I've just got to a place where I'm in this house where this transaction of um, money for my time isn't worth it anymore and especially like um, you know uh, losing a lot of my crew and you know we're down uh, uh, to a small size where gosh I think um, I think it'd be a dis disservice for myself not to you know like I have this chance you know I don't have much outgo and uh, I've structured my life to a point to where um, 
yeah, I can really put a lot of focus uh, in this podcast and in the hunting industry. And, um, you know, it's scary. Barney Construction has been my income for so many years. But, um, you know, I just know the next level for me or to to really chase what I love to do in life. Like I've just got to do less. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to cut something. I'm just taking on too much. And uh, obviously I can't cut out my family. Don't want to cut out my hunting time because that's what I love. And so construction's the one thing that I'm going to start to cut out. So, uh, I do have some months left of finishing these projects I'm on. I've got to wrap up some houses, but you know, I turned down a, a great project that was a dream project years ago for me. And I just like, um, you know, it was a couple million dollar house that, that sits on the lake. This is beautiful place. And I had the job and a good relationship with the owner. Um, but as I look at the project, it's just one of these projects that I'm going to have to be so involved. You know, it's going to challenge me to my core. I'm going to have to dive deep into it. And, and when I was younger, the chance to make this money is worth it. Now I'm in a place where you know, some extra money doesn't really, you know, we all need money to survive and money's a good thing. And yeah, I mean, I don't have enough to retire or anything like that, but in the same breath that I know I'm going to have to give up another hunting season, or I'm going to have to give up a lot of my hunting season. I'm going to deal with a lot of stress for the next year. And after what I put myself through in this past year to get to where I'm at, the transaction just isn't worth it for me. You know, I'd rather do small stuff or do a job here or there, or like I, you know, phase myself out and uh, leave dad a small crew and he can make a good living. You know, it's important to me that that uh, he survives and thrives and Barney Construction thrives. Uh, you know, that, that we've, we've worked so hard to build this reputation and he's been with me every step along the way. So it's just important to me that it doesn't fail. So I'll do whatever I have to do and, and I'll still work and chip in as I have time or as I get to difficult items, uh, you know, trusses or difficult finish work, I'll jump in and give him a hand. Uh, but really taking a lot of the responsibility off my shoulders and off my plate. And, um, man, I mean, I've, I've got this opportunity. Like, there's not many people in life that get to hunt for a living. And not that I'm going to sit around and do nothing or just hunt, but just, um, you know, having a bit of a midlife crisis now where it's like, um, you know, I'm in my 40s. I'm in my prime. I'm in great shape. Uh, um, you know, it's just like um, really putting everything into my passion of bow hunting and what can I achieve. Uh, you know, really putting everything into my training to see what my body's capable of. And, you know, we got one chance in life. And you hear that a lot. Like you hear, oh, you, you only get one chance at life or you only get to live this life once. And um, it almost like goes to the back of my head. It's just this saying that I just kind of hear that goes in one ear and out the other. Like it has this meaning. I'm sure I've thought about it before. Like, But it's almost like this saying that doesn't have any weight to it. But when you really think about it, like we are on this planet for a short amount of time like life is is really quick and I will get into hunting stuff here I realize I'm talking a lot about work and life here for the first uh half of the podcast so I will get into my hunting stuff here as well but you know you get one chance at this life and and um you know the majority of us we don't have a silver spoon we're not born with money you know we have to go out and work and earn it and um you know, when you really think about it, that this is your one chance at life. And as I, I start to get older, it's not going to last forever. I'm not going to be in my prime forever. Now I'm going to make it last for as long as I can. And for me, it's not as long as I can live. It's as long as I can be active. So I really want to take good care of myself. But part of that is like lowering my stress level. Like what's going to get me? It's not the physical, it's the stress level. I'm going to break my brain. You know, it's like, I just take on so much stress, 
uh, in my job and, and especially, you know, I'm just getting off like, like one of the most stressful seasons of my life and seasons, not by hunting season, but seasons as in, uh, workload and doing this house and things. So, uh, I definitely need to cut that back. So, um, just thinking about my life, I'm journaling, um, you know, just writing down my goals, uh, my plan. And it's scary. Like anytime you're taking this big leap or this big change, like Barney Construction has supported me and my family for my entire life. It's really the only way, you know, that I, that I know how to make money, but you know, I can do it a different way by, uh, uh, taking less on my plate. I can work on my personal investments, um, you know, and, and, um, focus more on, on, uh, what I love to do. So I'm, I'm going to make the change and start structuring things a little bit different and uh, start transitioning over. And I just owe it to myself. Like I find myself, remember how I was telling you about my moose hunt and I was talking about self-talk and how I started to say that I'm the shittiest moose hunter on the planet. And like all of a sudden, you know, I said it as a joke around my buddies, but then all of a sudden I'm saying it on the mountain and then I'm putting less effort in or I'm not going as hard as I can. And I had to really change my self-talk to, to be positive and know I am a good bow hunter. I will find a bull moose and I will arrow a bull moose. Well, it's the, it's the, 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 the same thing with, with, with life, you know, the, the, the self-talk and, um, uh, how you treat yourself is so important, you know? And so, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing this house or, uh, when I'm, when I'm doing anything, it's just making sure that I'm, um, that I'm using the right self-talk. Like I started to say this thing about the house, you know, that it's better than I deserve, which, you know, it, it probably is realistically. Now that's not true. It's the, like, again, it's the self-talk and I had to tell myself, no, you, this is not more than you deserve. This is exactly what you deserve. You've worked hard your entire life. You bought and sold these houses. Uh, you put your life savings into these things. You put thousands and thousands of man hours to make sure that you accomplish your goal and get there. No, this is exactly what you deserve. You deserve this house and you deserve the life that you want to live. And so, um, you know, it's life is not easy and it's not easy for me. It's not easy for anybody out there. We all have uh, troubles that come up, problems. Like it, it's just difficult to, to run a household, just to have a house and to be able to buy groceries and put gas in your rig and then, and then stack going hunting on top of that to take a week out of the year, a couple weeks out of the year, or, you know, to do multiple hunts or out of state hunts like that is the fortunate, you know? And so, um, you know, at times I feel like it's more than I deserve, but it's exactly what I deserve. It's what I've structured my entire life towards. And this, being a better bow hunter has, um, uh, you know, it's, it's created this discipline and this drive, you know, and that carries over into my business life. You know, that is, um, you know, and it's been my motivation is that I work hard because I know that I'm going to get a week of hunting bulls during September rut, or I'm going to get a week up in the high country of chasing mule deer. Like that drives me, you know, um, and it, it, it doesn't come without funds or making a better life. So, uh, anyways, I'm just making some major changes in my life and just looking at things. And um, right now, like I, I feel like I'm in my prime and I feel like I'm in great shape. And so um, it's really just, you know, I have this opportunity uh, with my financial position now where, you know, I put in my 25 years or 20 years Barney construction, whatever, 22, or I think we started in 2001. But before that, it was working a construction job, but I put in my 20 years for the company and, you know, I've worked hard and, you know, it's not like I've made a, a pile, but what I have made, I've saved and put in my accounts and, um, 
you know, and so, you know, I've got this opportunity in front of me and it'd just be a shame not to um, try to grab it and, and run with it and make the absolute most enjoyable life I can. Uh, so I'm in a great position right now. We've created this podcast and this community as well. And so, you know, I have some income from that. So um, I'm going to dive in, make some changes and um, absolutely go for it. So this house may have created a midlife crisis, but um, I think it's a good thing. Like we have to think about our lives and the direction we want to go and what we want to achieve. And there's seasons in our life where we have to work really hard and that can go for at our job site. You know, I'm just not in that season right now. I'm not going to take that $2 million house and, um, you know, uh, like, uh, I'm just, that would put me through a huge stress load. I wouldn't have as good a hunting season. And like, how long am I going to put off living this life I want to live? How long am I going to take the next job? It's like every year it's just, oh, I'll take this house or I'll take these couple houses or I'll, I just keep taking them and I keep putting myself under this stress load and stress carries over to these hunts. And, you know, I've gotten really good about forgetting the stress, making sure I handle all my responsibilities. I know my family's taken care of. So when I'm in the woods, I'm in the woods and I'm a hundred percent present going for it. And I really try to live by that. But I'd be lying if I didn't say that some of that stress carries over to the woods. So going to eliminate some stress and then just work really hard. And so I'm just taking good care of myself and I'm trying to nurse uh, nurse uh, my mind back to good health, you know. Uh, and that's through my passion and what I love to do. So um, I have the house shooting the bow, which has been amazing. You know, that's the longest break I've taken from my bow since probably I did the last house. And it was only two, three months, but, um, it's, it seemed like forever. So getting back to shooting my bow, which has been amazing, uh, shooting indoor, really working on my form. And then, yeah, I've been on the trails, um, which trying to get a run every single day and, um, doing my body weight exercises, getting back to, to good nutrition. And not that I didn't have good nutrition doing the house, but I slipped here and there. I was so busy and working so much and we just ended up eating out more than we should. You know, it was just easy. I wouldn't feel like cooking or putting stuff together at the rental or when I come home. And so I ate out a lot. And, and with, um, God, with inflation, it just kills you. Like you can't even a couple burgers for a couple people. By the time you tip is about 50 bucks, you know, for my family, I had 75, 80 bucks to get a dinner. So I definitely spent too much there and it wasn't every night, but it was too many nights. And so just trying to get back to good nutrition as well to fuel my body. And so for me, it's real foods, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, non-processed or as low processed food, just eating real fruits and veggies and meats and just eating the, the real stuff and really putting effort into my nutrition and cooking at night. So that's felt good. I just, um, having my coffee this morning, woke up early and got on that. Um, gosh, I love that that black rifle is so good. I'm part of that subscription where they send me a bag every month, but, um, gosh, I just love their rose. Love their instant coffee too. Well, I'm not doing a read. I just, um, I love that company and what they stand for and their products. But So making some changes and then, um, you know, I only live once. So, uh, as far as, is hunting season, like what's going to make a better hunting season for me? I mean, Right now, the big thing is time, and so I'm um, hoping I can wrap up these projects. Well, I'm not hoping I will. I'm going to wrap up these projects and work hard to get these things done, but um, just going to spend more time doing what I love to do. So that'll be in my training and then big hunts for this season. So starting to look at applications and um, 
I'll, I'll be applying all over the West, but just trying to look at my hunting season and how I can be better. And so, um, you know, for me, uh, trying to think about my seasons and how it went. So antelope season, I killed that nice buck. I, I found myself having to travel out of my home valley and out of spots that have been good for years. And, you know, I, I kill an antelope buck a year. You know, it, it's, not, it's not me that's dwindling the populations, but our populations do seem lower. And there's just more guys hunting them with a bow and arrow. And so, you know, a lot of the antelope are getting chased from our public lands and refuging on private. Our numbers are down a little bit. I'm not sure if we had a bad winter a couple of years ago or something, but um, numbers seem down a little bit. And so I'm finding myself for antelope season, uh, I'm going to have to travel more. I had to travel this year to kill that nice buck. And uh, so I'm going to plan some trips like uh, the season is in August when I'm really busy. Also, we'll carry over to early September. Uh, but I'm just trying to, to map out a couple big trips around Montana. Like with the with the bow tag, you get to hunt the entire state and there's better places to hunt antelope than where I hunt them. Uh, I've hunted those places, I've been to those places. A lot of times I'm hunting mule deer, hunting elk. Uh, so I'm just going to really think about my antelope season like antelope really makes me better at my stalking. Um, you know, you spend so much time stalking them and they're so good at, at catching me um, that it forces me to be really good at my spot and stock game in open country. And so that carries over and makes me better in my elk hunting and my deer hunting. So a big part of my success next season will be this antelope season because I'll get so many encounters early before I get into a elk hunt. And uh, so I can be efficient when I get there. But um, for antelope season, I want to travel a little bit more, go to some of these places, spend some long weekends or a few days really hunting them with a bow and arrow, really try to focus. You know, usually it's a 70 plus for me. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to bump that up where it's 75 plus or really shoot for an 80 inch antelope. I've never killed an 80 incher. I'd love to. So uh, put more time and effort into that. Uh, early season mule deer went good last season, uh, arrowed a good early season buck. Uh, my spot, uh, the numbers were down. It didn't hunt as good as it normally does. So um, I've got to venture out. i got to find some new spots to go. Um, you had a range that I really liked a couple years ago. Uh, might check back in with that one. And then I think I got a good chance this year to draw a Utah tag in the early season. And then I've got a chance at another September hunt um, that I'll apply for those. And then, of course, you know, I'll have my name in every hat across the West. It's like that is my one chance at, at blue collar hunting, like across the West is applying for these tags and getting a chance. So I'd love to, I'd love to draw like once in, you know, like a desert sheep or a sheep tag. Like I put in for those two, they're a long shot, but just maybe a good deer tag or a good elk tag somewhere would be amazing. But if not, you know, I know, uh, I think I can draw that, that Utah tag. So I will have an early season hunt. And then early season, you know, I just want to be in absolute ripping shape, be able to cover country and uh, give it the full time it deserves. So, you know, if I don't fill out in a seven day hunt, it's like I'm just going to push it for more days, eight, nine, 10 days, 12 days, 15 days, whatever it takes. And I got to I got to look at the season, how many days I have. But I'm just trying to trying to give myself enough time to be successful. And then, you know, really look for a good velvet buck that gets me excited and um, try to be at my best. And I also know 
that that mule deer shots are the such a high degree of difficulty just uneven footing in extreme mountain ranges pushing my limits and so you know gonna really work on my my shooting you know to improve uh my execution to improve my form my muscle structure for holding um you know all of that stuff and so for me to improve my shooting like having this indoor will be huge i can shoot these indoor vegas rounds and uh it it really puts a number to my shooting it forces me to work on my form and so i'll be shooting indoor also i think what'll help my mule deer hunting is shooting uh 3d courses so i'll plan to do one of these and one of the tacks or um uh, one of the other shoots around. Uh, also get a ton of practice out of that Western Hunting Summit. That Lampers is really good at shooting out 3D targets and uh, shooting around a group of guys, uh, which puts pressure on, and then high degree of difficulty, 3D targets, uneven terrain. Like Ryan never has you standing on two feet. And then uh, you got to carry your pack with weight in it and shoot with your pack on the whole time which is an added degree of difficulty so those western summits doing those and shooting that course multiple times uh, uh every trip really helps me out so i'll be shooting those shooting attack and that'll help me with my 3d help me with my aim and then really uh force my visualizations of, of execution and try to be at my best and i shot well last season uh, made a lot of good shots you know i also missed a couple shots like uh it's just archery it's very very difficult high degree of difficulty so um yeah just gonna work a lot with my bow and um try to be the absolute best archer i can be uh so i'm gonna spend time doing that and i know that'll that'll transfer over to success in the mountains on mule deer so got that early season mule deer roll into elk you know i know i have my montana tag I kind of made this switch and this transition, you know, there for uh, uh, quite a few years or a handful of years, I got hooked on on hunting like uh, breaks or badlands or big coulee canyon country, uh, but it's more open terrain. It's spot and stock for these elk, and there was a lot of opportunities and a lot of good bulls, but it's just kind of gone downhill over the years, and there's still good hunting there, um, but where my real advantage sits is in the mountains, like being able to carry everything I need in my pack for two, three days and just traversing these mountains and using my fitness and, and hunting these mountain bulls. And there's still great opportunity in the mountains. So it was a good mountain bull I killed last year, a uh, year before. And, and even when I was hunting these, this, this breaks country, like I was still hunting mountains where they're, you know, they used to allow me to hunt, you know, this special unit and I could hunt my home unit, you know, and I've, uh, you know, I'd hunt different states as well. And so I was always hunting mountains, but just getting back to um, back to, to my roots and what I fell in love with, hunting elk in the mountains and, and um, backpack hunting for them. And so, yeah, I just want to do more of that, um, really push my limits. Uh, and then I've been killing great bulls. So, you know, the, the great mountain bulls that I kill are usually like the 320 to 350. I think, you know, last year's was... 322, 324. I hate to even tell scores, you know, it's like, um, scores just, they're a way I can communicate with you guys where you can picture the bull that I'm talking about. It's a way of talking about a bull. And, you know, even though I don't enter my, my scores in the books or anything, like I know what my bulls are. So, uh, uh, I know how to field judge them better. I know how to describe them. And, you know, the problem I see is, um, 
every animal out there gets inches added to them and not by everybody you know i think guys are pretty truthful or you know want to state the true number but i don't know it just gets exaggerated i see some of these bulls and I, I swear bulls get exaggerated by 20 inches, 30 inches, 40 inches sometimes, you know, and I just, I want to know the, the true score and I'm not, it's not comparison to anybody else or anything like that. I just want to know what he scores. So that, that one last year was low 320s and then, um, the one the year before made 330s and then, uh, year before that I killed that, um, a big 350 bull, I also killed a 330 bull in the same year in a different state. So I like really liked like that. 320 to 350 bull just gets me excited, you know, and so, uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly what I'll set my sights on for next season, but, you know, even last season, I had a chance at a great big bull, a 350, 360, something around that nature. Who knows what he ends up when he's actually dead on the ground. He just had these huge main beams and tines and just a monster body on him. And I chased that bull for three different days or, you know, multiple days, but three different days where I got into him. I was really close on him. And, um, you know, I didn't end up killing him or firing an arrow at him, but um, ended up you know, hunting a different area or switching areas and finding that good 320 bull that made me excited and put a good arrow in him. And I'm, I'm pumped for it. It was a great hunting season, but there's a part of me that almost thinks like I should have held out and continued to hunt that big bull until I killed him. Uh, my buddies actually continued to get into him. Dan, uh, my good buddy, Dan, uh, he hunted that same bull and was really close to him. So it's almost like, um, if I would have just kept my guns, I could have chased that next level bull and stretched my season a little bit. Now, I had a moose tag and I had, you know, I had all kinds of things, house going and uh, projects. I had all kinds of things going and I'm really happy with the bull I arrowed. He's a great, you know, big six point that I'm pumped with. So I, I guess I wouldn't change anything. It's just as I think about my seasons and how I'd, I'd improve, it's almost like, gosh, if you... If you really want to kill those 350, 360 bulls, you have to focus on them, you know, or bigger. You know, there are bigger ones out there too. Like I, I haven't killed them yet, but I know they're out there and I know I've chased them. So those will be my goals for, for elk season or to have a successful elk season. And, um, and then roll into, um, late season muleys. And, um, this is where I failed last season. Uh, I didn't, you know, like I had a great season all the way through and through. I had some awesome adventures with awesome friends. I captured some great videos. You know, I'm really pumped how it turned out, but if I could change anything, um, it would be my late season mule deer. Now, I had to give up the month of November to, to move. I had to move my entire house into this new house, into my rental, move my entire family. And, and then I had, you know, a bit of a family emergency with, with my wife, which I mentioned here. And so, I pretty much gave up the month of November. Well, good luck trying to kill a rutting mule deer if you're not hunting November up north, you know, northern Montana or whatever, or uh, uh, up north in general, the northern states. So, um, you know, I did some pre-rut hunts, which pre-rut hunts are a great time to kill a buck when they're running by themselves. They're focused on their food source. And to be honest, I mean, I fired some arrows. Um, I, I had two misses. I had one that I, uh, it was just a great buck. In fact, I need to get the, loose the video to you guys. I've got a great video of it. I, I thought I nailed him. I, um, I poked out, uh, made the stock on this buck. It was a long stock at last light, got over there, saw the buck, set up my cameraman outside the bush and I was going to get 10 more yards or like outside. It was like a fir tree with these limbs hanging down. Buck didn't know we were there. He was feeding. He was in bow range. 
So I slid my cameraman out where he could see the buck and get footage of him. I said, okay, you stay right here. I'm going to sneak a little bit closer. And so I wanted to get 10 more yards, um, and I got about two yards, and that buck looked up, and he picked us off. Um, you know, it wasn't moving or anything. It was just we were enough in the open, and there was two of us. I mean, uh, I think my cameraman's 6'4 or something on this hunt, so like, uh, it's not like uh, hiding a small silhouette or he can hide behind me. And not that the buck saw him. I mean, could have very easily seen me as well. But anyways, he picked us out and uh, picked us up, and I could tell holding still that this buck saw us and he wasn't going to relax him and um, let us go uh, or let me sneak in and get that 10 yards. So it was almost an hour never. I know the bucks got me picked off. We got him in film. You know, he's in my effective range, and it was a long shot for me, but it was a definitely a makeable shot. And so as slow as the hands of the clock, I was able to draw back my bow, settle my pin, put it on him, pull, pull, pull as that sight just kind of floated over the body where I wanted to hit, shot executed, and I saw that arrow coming in perfectly. In fact, I thought I'd nailed the buck. I thought it was a done deal. I watched it drop in right above his back and the arrow drop in. And from the footage, I know my cameraman was to the left of me, which makes the arrow appear a little bit right, but I either missed him like right in front of his chest there or the arrow just dropped a little low. I mean, I've watched that arrow a hundred times on that footage and I watched it that night on the camera. We looked around. Uh, I never could find my arrow, but it there is... um. Uh, like this like ground fur on the on the bottom underneath this tree that was just so much like underbrush and things and I think the arrow just went into that softer porpoise in there but I looked for that arrow forever and could not find it but I knew exactly where the buck was standing you know of course just scoured it for blood and then got on his tracks at where he exited was able to follow him down the steep dirt and um, just missed him clean uh, arrow dropped a little low or a little bit low right or something. Uh, you guys can, uh, like I can watch it frame by frame, watch that arrow coming in. And yeah, it's just, um, just like I say, high degree of difficulty. It was a long shot, one I should make, but um, it missed. And I executed a really good shot. I mean, uh, I remember taking the shot and pin finding them and pull, pull, pull. Like I executed the best shot I could. So I... I can't, re I'm not mad at myself or I can't be mad at myself when I execute correctly, settle my pin. There's really nothing I did wrong other than the arrow just didn't hit its mark. So uh, the good thing is, is it, um, you know, it, uh, clean miss, which I feel way better about. Like, thank God it didn't hit him or wound him or, you know, ruin my hunt there. Then I'd, then I'd, <laughs> then I'd really be stressing over it or uh, uh, be obsessing over it would be the right word. But um so I missed that buck. I had another buck that came by. Gosh, she was 45 yards. Uh, that buck was a good buck. It was the second to last day and um, spotted him. He was by himself, went and bedded in a spot. I knew where he bedded. We went to that spot. We creeped up to the edge and it was long across that canyon to where he was bedded, but a makeable shot. And I sat there waiting for him to get up and I sat there for a half an hour and he's behind the tree. So I can't tell if he's still there or if he's moved off. Well, I start getting anxious, like, gosh, maybe he's not there. Maybe he moved off. Let's let's try to sneak around him on the top side and come in from above him, and maybe I can get a shot in his bed. And I started sneaking around the top side, and I got up there, and I just didn't like the wind coming down on him. But what it did is it gave me another perspective on where he was bedded, and I could see him bedded there. 
and he was still there. So it's like, okay, I'm going to sneak back to the, the old spot where I was sitting that's in bow range and we'll wait for him to stand and get up and come up out of there. So I circled back around, got to that spot. And as I, as I get to that spot, he's on his feet and he's, oh no. So, okay, I peek over, I see the buck. I poke back over out of range, tell my cameraman, okay, I can see the buck, he's there. We need to sneak back to the our old position we we're in. Let's just pull off our jackets. I had a puffball on and, uh, you know, it was, it was getting warm where I had to strip some layers and we had just climbed up on top. And so I pull off my jacket and things and uh, cameraman pulls off his and I go, okay, I'm not just going to take one last look at that buck and we'll circle around. And as I go take one last look at the buck, he's on his feet, standing in front of the tree. I'm like, oh no. So I sneak back around, and I'm trying to sneak back around to that spot where I was, and I'm hoping that buck's going to be feeding right there, and I'll get a shot at him. Um, and I sneak back around, and I don't see the buck. Where is he at? Where is he at? And, and then I take another step over, and he's right down below me, and he's cruising, and he's like 45 yards. So I click, I get a range on him, and I actually draw back. He's like 45 yards and he's just walking and won't stop, and he's going to walk out of my life into the trees again. And so just give him a grunt, and that, that buck stops and whips his head back around, looks at me, and I settle the pin and squeeze. And as soon as that shot breaks, that buck is jumping that noise of that string, and he actually twisted and turned and got out of the way of the arrow. Like the arrow, I was shooting at him broadside, and the way he spun, I almost hit the opposite side of him in the butt the way he spun around. It was crazy. And so uh, I also have footage of that one that I can watch, but uh, he absolutely jumped my string and got out of the way. And I can draw a dot at where the buck's vitals is, are, and then play it frame by frame and hold that dot right there. And my arrow hits that dot. Like I know I made a perfect shot and that buck got out of the way of my arrow. But that's bow hunting, and that's bow hunting mule deer. And um, I've heard Randy Ulmer, he thinks three out of four mule deer jump his string. You know, I think it's more like one out of three for me, or one out of four will jump my string. And it's just part of the game of bow hunting. You do everything right, and then uh, my arrow hits the dirt uh, harmlessly. And uh, the buck lives another year. But uh, great encounters, great late season, and then I just couldn't go November. I just you know, had, had too many things stacking up. I did get a weekend in like, um, like around, uh, in December at some point I got my family moved, I got my wife back. She was doing well. And, um, I had my Hawaii buddies coming over and, um, so we ended up teaming up for a little hunt, but I was so stressed out trying to get the house done. And like, I went down there, but I, I mean, I went, I drove Friday after work, you know, was down there Saturday, Sunday. I had a, you know, a day or a couple days and, you know, really a day and a half or something. I just didn't have much, I, two days, I guess, um, started, came home Sunday, like middle of the day. I went hard Saturday, went hard Sunday and we backpacked in and actually my, my buddy Janus ended up arrowing a really good buck Saturday, uh, which was cool. We had spotted this buck and we just got way up in this mountain range, uh, cold as all get out, deep snow, made a fire middle of the day. It was amazing late season hunting. It was a bit of post-rut action. The bucks were pretty beat up and worn out and weren't really chasing does much. You know, I've seen them chase harder in that December time frame, but this year it just kind of seemed like the, the big show was over. But uh, my buddy Janus ended up arrowing a buck, uh, which was really cool. It's more than I could expect, but I just felt so rushed during that hunt. Here I've got my really good friends from Hawaii out, and, and I just, you know, I've got a day and a half, or I've got two days to hunt. It's just so rushed, and 
just uh, it just wasn't an enjoyable time for me. I just had too many things going on in the house, and you know, it was after that that I never took a day off after that last hunt. I just um, pushed till the end of the house every single day beyond that but I just um I had that pressure and stress on me and I just I had my good buddies out and I wasn't able to spend the quality time I wanted with them so that's like one of my regrets from last season and and um next time I get a chance to hang out with these guys whether it's on their hunt whether it's on mine whether it's a shared hunt I'm definitely going to take the time and enjoy those guys and enjoy my my friends like this life is made up you know of um you know your family and friends and spending time with them and it's just such a bummer to have my friends come all that way and not take the time to hang out with them and you know I felt like I couldn't I felt like that's all the time I had and um maybe it was but I'll just make sure next time that I have you know more time to hunt and life you know I say life is not easy it's not it's not easy to be happy. It's not easy to, to build an enjoyable life for you. It takes a lot of hard work and a lot of uncertainty and um, putting yourself out there. And, and life is like you can't just enjoy these big hunts either. Like, I mean, I do. This is what I live for, right, is a big adventure hunt. But to think about it is hunting high country mule deer is only a week or two out of the entire year. Well, the, the year is 52 weeks, and if I'm only enjoying myself two weeks out of the year, I haven't structured my life right, you know. And so I do want to look forward to these giant trips and these giant adventures. I do want to push to my limits and give it my all, and I do love it with every fiber of my being. But I have to build an enjoyable life every day. Like, I have to find joy in life every day. I have to find happiness, be engaged with my family, uh, enjoy spending time. Like, I want to enjoy my life every day, day in, day out, not just these big trips. But, you know, part of that is structuring my life to a point where I can't. So that's um, that's, that's where my change is at, where my hunting season's at. The, the late season deer I want to do better at. I actually want to take the month of November and... Uh, uh, hunt some rut states so you know I've got things lined up pretty good where I know I'll have tags in my pockets and hunts to go on and I know I'll have a full hunting season and then just hoping I can add uh, you know a good draw tag here or there and um, hopefully my buddies draw some good tags so I can spend some time with them and um, yeah I think I've got some big adventure hunts too like um, you know time just clicks off and um, you know, I know these these giant hunts for, you know, grizzly bear, doll sheep. It's just not in the cards for me or in my tax bracket or not what I feel like I can responsibly spend. And furthermore, I just get more enjoyment out of the blue collar do-it-yourself. I love doing all my own research. I love these adventures out west. Like the mule deer and elk is just the coolest stuff we have going. Bears, antelope. So really it's doing a lot of that. But I also want to do some big trips. So I've got those two really good buddies in Australia that I hunted with for a couple weeks this season during elk season and um man just great guys we built like this great friendship and um yeah they've invited me to go down there and and um hunt in Australia which would be amazing they have a bunch of different deer species down there it's something I've always wanted to experience so uh I just gotta say yes and go um, I know those guys will treat me to a, to a good trip and not that I'm expecting them to, to treat me or guide me or anything like that. But I just, um, I, I just know, you know, there's such solid human beings and like, um, uh, I just know, you know, they've invited me down there and, um, 
you know, just been adamant that they'll, you know, that it's a good time down there and I'll be able to hunt different species in a different habitat. It's just a wild adventure for me going international. And I've got two good buddies that I can count on down there that I can hang out with that I know, um, you know, will, will, uh, uh, help take care of me down there, you know, as far as, um, uh, rigs or a place to stay or, you know, I just, um, can't say no at this point right i just got to go on the adventure like to have a contact down there and two good guys that are willing to to share a hunt with me and um i just got to go for it so i think i'll take that adventure like um i think i'll do that in spring and uh got some other things in the works for fall so see what i can come up with but uh pretty much just have more time less stress and really put my all into the hunting season and see what i can achieve I'm just not going to be in my prime forever and I uh, feel like I'm there now and so I just want to put everything and see what's see what's possible for myself. I've worked all these years to build my hunting skill sets and my research and to you know build these levels of physical fitness uh to to build my shooting and so I've got like such a great baseline, you know. I'm a a great bow hunter and so like um I just want to work on all those facets, not rest on my laurels and work on all those and see what my, 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 my human potential, my human capabilities are like, see what is possible when I put everything into my passion and what I love to do. So, um, that's the goal for the season for sure. So yeah, I just, um, you know, I share all this stuff with you guys and, uh, try to be completely honest with what's going on in my life and my goals and, where I'm headed. And I, I share this because I, I think, um, I think we can all structure our lives better. I think we can all create this enjoyable life for ourselves. Um, you know, we just have to, uh, know where we want to get, we have to work hard at it, but there is a path for all of us. There's a lot of opportunity out there. And, and I tell you, the guys that work hard are rewarded, like hard work I mean, you know, the, the day and age and the time that we're living in, you know, there's a lot of soft individuals. And, and so the guys that work hard are willing to work hard or willing to put themselves out there can build a better life for themselves. They can build a consistently successful bow hunting, you know, which, you know, it's not all in the success or arrowing an animal. Like, sure, that helps. And that is the end goal of what I love to do. But really, it's the time and adventure and putting it all out there and some of those experiences that we have out there in nature like, like that's the real gift of it. But, you know, we can all build this enjoyable life for ourselves. We're, we're all individuals. None of us come from a silver spoon, but, but there's opportunity out there. There's, there's opportunity for entrepreneurship. There's opportunity for side hustles. There's opportunity to, to get the amount of money where you, you can take time and go do these hunts and, and, and sure, like, you know, Killing the Grand Slam sheep isn't in the cards for me. It probably isn't in the cards for you. It's not in the cards for very many people. But there are people that want that Grand Slam of sheep that uh, use that as motivation to go to work, to make that big money where they can go on those sheep hunts and, and to each their own. Like, um, man, I, I want to hunt sheep as, as, as bad as the next guy. But for me, the path is, you know, applying for all these tags and drawing one of these tags and then being able to go and have that experience because I – I just can't fork out 20 grand, 30 grand, 40 grand to go on each one of these hunts. And especially like I love bow hunting so much. So I'd be bow hunting exclusive and there's no guarantee on any hunt that you're going to be successful, but uh, there's no guarantee on a sheep hunt that I'm going to be successful. And so, uh, you know, I know Remy Warren went up and hunted um, stone sheep and he went uh, 
Dustin Rowe up there, which is one of the best sheep guides up there. And gosh, I think they went 14, 15 days. He was with his bow and um, he never killed a sheep. I don't even think he got a stock on a full curl and those guys covered so many miles. Now he got an awesome adventure out of it and it wasn't, you know, like a, like a, like a lose. But my point is, is that you can be a really great hunter and uh, still come up short. And so to spend that much money on a hunt, come up short and then have to do it again. I just, you know, I find these really cool hunts and I treat them like a once in a lifetime. Like I have such great friends in Hawaii that have treated me out there and I go out there once and then I fall in love with hunting axis and hunting mouflon and then I have to do it more. I don't know that I want to get hooked on sheep hunting or at least uh, my checking account doesn't or can't at this point. You know, now I say can't, but you know, who knows what the future holds? Who knows where I'll go? And like, like I've watched Kip Fowler do really well in his life and finally like having him on the podcast, I need to get him on again. He's such a great conversation, but I've seen him go all in on a doll sheep hunt. I've seen him go all in on a brown bear hunt. And so, you know, he's got a family, he's got a life, uh, a house. He's always hunted and hunted quite a bit, but you know, I see him, I'm sure this is a stretch for him. I don't think he's got millions and I don't know his financial position, but you know, I know it's a stretch for him, but he makes it happen and goes on these super adventures and gets a lot out of them and told me on the podcast that, you know, if you can do it, do it. And it, it is in the cards for, for some guys. I mean, for me, that's not my end mission or end goal. I want to have my outgo as low as possible. Uh, I want to have my income be more than my outgo and then just have more free time to enjoy what I love to do and trail running and um, uh, fishing. And, um, you know, I finally got out fishing the other day because it had been six months since I'd been out fishing. It felt really good to be on the water again and chasing brown trout. and uh, Pretty fun. Like, um, you know, just doing these things I enjoy. And I know I'm going to have to continue to work and I'm not quitting construction altogether. Like I will, you know, I will forever be a carpenter and I will work on my own projects. Uh, I just got to where these big projects just aren't worth it and take too much of my time. And it's like a, you know, it's a 12 month relationship with these clients and there's expectations there. And, you know, anymore, it's like, um, I'm just, um, I can make it a different way and I'm, I'm going to do that and I'm going to put my focus into what I love to do. So that's where I'm at. That's where my head's at. Man, I absolutely love bow hunting. Um, I love the adventure of it. Uh, I love everything about it. And uh, so I just want to go as hard as I can possibly go, especially, you know, when I'm in these good years and not that I won't continue to hunt or long have longevity into my 50s and 60s and, you know, who knows how long, but there are no guarantees in life, you know, there you know, I could take this, this lake job and I could work hard and I could, I, I could die a year from now and never get the chance to, to have this life that I dreamed of living, you know, so I just got to go for it. I just got to go for it, make the commitment. It's scary, but I know I'll be able to provide for my family. I know I'll be able to pay my bills and keep even. I know I'll have an extreme amount of time and it's not like I can't come back to it. It's, um, it's something where I have the skill set and I've got a great name and Barney Construction will carry on. So, you know, if I've got to come back to it, then I've got to come back to it. But I just think once I get the taste of that freedom, that I'll, that I'll never come back. <laughs> I'll be working on my own stuff and own investments and um, I'll be working on the hunting industry stuff. Like, uh, you know, I've got this amazing opportunity that not many guys get where I've created an income in the hunting industry. And so, uh, yeah, I can't take that lightly. I, mean, I can't take you guys lightly or this podcast like, gosh, you know, 
here's what I've done, you know, like I, like I do it on the side, on top of my job, and, you know, it makes for long hours sometimes, and, um, you know, got to get recordings, and, you know, there's, there's, um, it's what I love to do, but it's still, I have to put in work and put in time on it, but what could I do if I could dedicate more time to it, more time to get bigger guests, more time for live recordings, uh, more time in the production side, more time thinking and theorizing or what the best guests are, what the best information to get to you guys is, you know, so like, like I, I can be better in, in all facets of life and I can be better at this podcast or at the hunting industry. So what could I do if I dedicated the majority of my time to it? instead of a fraction of my time to it. So those are the questions that I ask myself or the, the self-talk I have. So um, I'm going to go for it. Really happy to be in this house. Thanks for all the support, guys. Uh, I will get back to social media because I, I, uh, there just hasn't been much time for anything else but um, carpentry work here. But um, finally in this place, in this place for the last week or so, it feels really good. And um, just got to keep working away and... Um, keep structuring this life I want to live. So uh, that's where I'm at. Thanks for listening in each and every week. I know it's been a bit since I've done a, a solo recording. Um, it's tough. Like, uh, you know, I haven't been in in uh, the best mind space for it either. You know, it's like, gosh, you're just hustling so much. And it is like uh, really proud at what I was able to achieve on this place. I'm really proud at my effort, uh, dedication, everything it took to get there. And it, it took every... Like it took all my mental strength. Yeah, like I thought having that moose tag was tough and all the days, 30 days I had to put in hunting that moose and it was, it was a difficult hunt. Uh, but having a, having a house tag is even more pressure and stress. It's, you know, I've got this amazing opportunity in front of me, but you know, it takes thousands of hours of work to get there and I just want to make good on my opportunity. So it is like, I did have a house tag this year that I had to fulfill and had to, um, do good on. So like, um, that took a lot of my time and energy, but, uh, glad to say that I'm back and, um, it feels, it feels so good to be hitting the trail, shooting my bow, spending time with my family, just getting that balance back in my life feels amazing. So I'm just going to continue to work on that. We'll go do this expo. I got some good recordings lined up and, um, rock and roll. It's life, man. We get one chance at it. Don't let that go in one ear and out the other. Like make the best life you can for you and your family. Uh, there's opportunity out there. Uh, just got to search it out. Whether that's entrepreneurship, side hustle, whether that's working harder at your job or putting in overtime or whatever it is, like the opportunity is out there and there's opportunity for Western hunting. There's, um, you know, tags are getting tougher and tougher to come by, but there's still opportunity to get a tag each and every year. There's opportunity to get out there and, and to test ourselves mentally and physically and what we love to do to immerse ourselves in the, the you know, in, in the wildest country in the lower 48 or wildest country in the world. And we just gotta, just gotta take life and go for it, you know, just say yes. And it's easy to say I'm too busy or it's easy not to make the time, but, uh, it's, it's such a fulfilling life when you, you know, when you have balance, when you're able to, to work, create a good life, when you're able to have a good family life, good relationships, and uh, work hard to on those relationships. Uh, and, and then also, you know, to be able to go chase our passion in the woods and in the mountains and uh, really pursue uh, what we love to do. So uh, just trying to get back and find that balance in my life and um, 
just encourage you guys to do the same and think about your life and how you can improve it and um, think about these hunts and how you can be better next season and um, you know try to be happy day in day out so um, alright that's the message I've rambled on long enough I gotta get to a meeting and uh, get my day started here but wanted to sit down and record a solo for you guys so um, there it is Thanks so much for the support, guys. Man, I really appreciate you and appreciate this community and uh, hopefully look forward to meeting up with a few of you guys at the Expo, maybe at the the Western Hunting Summit, which is really fun with lampers. And then, um, yeah, going for it. All right, guys, I'll check in with you next week.